0: So, um, the higher the discrepancy um, between weekdays and weekend sleeping hours is, uh, it's associated with higher risk of developing chronic disease.
1: Welcome to the Sports Nutrition Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Goodson. As a veteran sports dietitian, I know what it takes to fuel athletes to train, perform, and recover optimally. And that's what we do on this show. Provide the play-by-play on all things sports nutrition for athletes, parents, coaches, and athletic trainers. Today on the show, we are talking about fueling performance with sleep, and I am really excited. I have Dr. Chen Du, who is a registered dietitian and also did her PhD research in sleep. She is a wealth of knowledge on the sleep side and the nutrition side. So Chen, as a friend and a colleague, I'm so excited to have you on the show today, but I'm going to have you tell everyone a little bit more about yourself and your background.
0: Yeah, thank you Amy for having me on the show, Uh, really appreciate that and I'm always happy to talk with people about sleep and thank you for the opportunity again. And uh, as um, Amy introduced, uh, I am Dr. Chen Du, I'm a registered dietitian, a sleep expert and a CrossFit athlete myself. So um, competing is really what get me interested in nutrition uh, initially, and I spent a lot of time uh, acquiring trainings in nutrition, uh, but later on, I, I got the opportunity to work with my mentor, Dr. Robin Tucker at, at Michigan State University uh, in a sleep lab. So that's where I first got introduced to sleep and learning how important sleep is, just equal importance to nutrition in terms of helping athletes with performance um, and uh, quality of life as well. So um, I did my um, entire PhD uh, program basically exploring the relationship between uh, sleep and nutrition, but there's a bi-directional relationship between sleep and nutrition. And just give you a quick example that if you don't eat a good diet your sleep gonna suffer and uh, if you have poor sleep it's gonna impact what you eat as well so that's what I spend a lot of time on in the lab um, and we also uh, developed a sleep program to help people improve their sleep um, and we also delivered the program among uh, populations who uh, with diabetes um, I know we tested uh, the improvement uh, of outcomes of sleep um, and also um, like some metrics of nutrition related disease as well. So uh, as uh, one of the developer of the program uh, and also seeing how the sleep program changes lives, I am just very passionate about talking to people about sleep, uh, especially athletes. Um, And uh, so myself is an athlete, I'm in CrossFit, And the sleep has become my competitive edge. And I really want that to be for everybody.
1: I love that sleep has become my competitive edge because here's what I think is interesting, Chen. A lot of times in sports with athletes of all ages, I've worked Pee Wee to Pro, they always think more is always better and mm-hmm. who needs rest, and who needs recovery. We just need to keep plowing through. And I think the more we learn, we yeah. now know that sleep, you know, sleep is so important, and nutrition is important to recovery. Rest is important. Actual sleep, mental health. There's so many different components that really make holistic recovery optimal for the athlete. So I am going to start off by asking you kind of the most basic. I love what you said about it giving you an edge. So why is sleep so important to athletic performance and especially to the performance of teen athletes?
0: Yeah, that's a really good start. So, um, I think I'm talking to a lot of coaches and athletic trainers here. So I'm going to parents and, and parents of... trying to make yeah. their kids sleep more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to just use, uh, like, uh, a, a, model that a lot of, uh, people should be familiar with, which is the stress recovering and adaptation model. Mm -hmm. So, um, stress obviously, uh, during the athletic training and you are putting stress on, on your body. And the next step is recovering. Um, and without recovering, there's no adaptation and there's no improvement in performance. So sleep is your recovering process. So um, that wow. is why, uh, basically, why sleep is so important. Because if you don't get enough sleep, you don't get a uh, good quality sleep, uh, then adaptation cannot happen, um, and the increased risk of injury. Um, that's another thing. Um, that I wanted to touch on. Is, is really, like you said earlier, more is not always better and sleep needs to take a priority. It needs to be a part of the training because it is a part of this adaptation model as well.
1: Now, I know they say for adults, it's like seven to nine hours a night is the recommended amount, which I'm sure all the parents and athletic trainers are shaking their head right now thinking they don't get that much. But what's the recommended amount for teens? And obviously, athletes put their bodies under so much stress. But how much should a teen athlete be sleeping a night?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, it's eight to 10 hours. It's definitely definitely they need more than adults. Uh, yeah, there's another layer. uh for teen athletes they're still growing and developing yep. and the sleep is critical for growing and developing um and teen athletes one uh one more layer on top of that mm-hmm. they uh, need muscle repair and rebuilding all the time that happens during sleep and the energy uh, uh restoration so what i mean by that is like the glycogen storage being replenished uh it's it's one, it happens during sleep. So, all of those are critical to their training uh, and for their cognitive development as well. Um, that happens during sleep, that affects their reaction time during uh, sports, hormone regulations. Um, so just give one example that there's a lot of research out there even one night of short of sleep will disrupt the glucose regulation so even one night of short of sleep uh, a lot of protein acids probably suffer from chronic sleep deprivation so um i cannot imagine like the hormone regulations can start to uh like be disrupted from there which is not great for their um growth and development once again.
1: Well, there's so many things that compete for sleep. In the world of a young athlete, athletes of any age, but you have school, you have homework, you have practice, you have extracurricular activities. Then you have all your brothers and sisters, school and practice and extracurricular activities, and you know the things your family does and all the things. So there really are so many things competing for sleep, and I think that because there's not like an immediate consequence, except oh, I feel kind of tired. We really don't necessarily understand probably the weight that it's having on performance, on recovery, like you mentioned. So let me ask you, what are some common sleep concerns and issues that our teen athletes might encounter? And how, you know, how do you identify those? How might a parent go, wow, my kid is really not sleeping enough, or this is a sign that maybe we need to readjust some sleep patterns?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think the biggest issue that teens, uh, including teen athletes, are suffering are chronic sleep deprivation. So uh, 70% of over teenagers in the US do not get enough sleep, that is eight to 10 hours. And I would say eight hours is the minimum for athletes. I would highly recommend to be on the higher end, nine to 10 hours. Um, So uh, chronic sleep deprivation, I think this is easy to track. Um, if your kids are not sleeping a night, and then get, they they have to get up for school. I mean, they probably like get up every day, besides weekends, um, around the same time. But if they're not going to school around, not going to school, not going to bed like um, around bedtime, then then they're probably not getting enough sleep during the week, and. Uh, So there's another thing that I wanted to touch on. It's regarding the social jet lag. Uh, So what that term means uh, is that the differences in terms of sleeping duration between weekdays and the weekends. So um, the higher the discrepancy um, between weekdays and weekends sleeping hours is, uh, it's associated with higher risk of developing chronic disease. And there's a lot of research out there. And we know over teenagers probably are not getting enough sleep during the week. Um, But in the weekend, they sleep in a lot. Uh, That's not necessarily healthy. Uh, That is not a good sleeping behavior. That's really interesting. Now, you're talking about,
1: you know, they don't go to sleep early enough and they're not sleeping enough. And I'm going to argue many of them are probably looking at their phones laying in bed before they quote unquote go to sleep. What effect does that have? We know it's probably keeping them up. So it's probably, you know, keeping them from not sleeping enough. But what other effects does, you know, whether it's the blue light or the phone or the mental stimulation have on their ability to sleep and then really rest and truly recover?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sleep disruption from technology use is huge among teenagers Uh, And like you said, uh, the phone radiates blue lights, which uh, decreases the melatonin secretion. It's gonna make them less sleepy uh, around bedtime. So they are just awake and then basically disrupt their sleep cycle. That's one thing. And also um, bed is really uh, only for sleep, supposed to be only for sleep. And those uh, association, between like bed and uh, excitements, so whatever they're watching in the video, probably very exciting or talking to their friends. Even like some teenagers probably like to eat uh, in bed. And those mm-hmm. are all like associated bed with something else. Um, those should, uh, this will also mentally disrupt their sleep cycle. Uh, so um, they're not really associated bed as a resting a restful place basically and um so those are some hygiene behaviors that um, they could be work on. Yeah, you said. In hy- the after. Yeah. Hygiene. I've heard it referred to as like sleep
1: hygiene, just like you brush your teeth before you go to bed. You wash your face. You do hygiene things. There's sleep hygiene that you should go through before you go to sleep. So let's say we have a parent listening and the parent mm. is going, well, how far in advance should I make their kid, quote unquote, turn in their phone before they go to bed so is there a recommended amount of minutes or time that they should be off the phone or off the computer or whatever it is before going to sleep at night
0: yeah so that's a question uh generally speaking is 30 minutes okay. so uh, it takes a melatonin to go up in thirty minutes before you going to bed and it's gradually going up so if you can avoid any um uh, Blue light during that time frame uh, that will really help with uh, falling asleep um, and uh, also I know it can be challenging um, for your kids to like not watch the phone at night uh, or um, so uh, or in or in bed uh, but one thing that can be a bridge is to maybe ask them to even just like watch their phone uh, like on on the couch before going to bed, but leaving their phone like outside of their bedroom uh, while going to bed, uh, that could be like a step of a bridge instead of just say, oh, no phones at all. And you know, it can be challenging, but uh, the parents could definitely try that. Uh, here we just wanted to create a mental association that the bed is just for rest. That makes a lot of sense. I'm sure there's parents
1: taking notes for themselves as well. (laughs) Like, oh, Oh, they need to get off their phone. I should probably take some notes. I don't know about my phone, but get off my computer before that late. So, all right. So I know that so many people think, well, if I can't get enough sleep, then I'll just take a nap. And I do see lots of high school athletes that I work with taking naps periodically or taking naps, maybe after school, before practice or whatnot. So as a sleep expert, what is your take on napping?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, nap, I think nap is great, uh, especially given the majority of our teenagers not sleeping enough. I think the power naps uh, throughout the day, it's it's great, especially for those athletes who are training maybe like two sessions a day. One in the morning and uh, around noontime, uh, if it's feasible or possible, I take a twenty to thirty minutes power nap. It really helps to restore um, some of the glycogens and it helps with recovering and refreshment of the afternoon training or, or activities. I am a big fan of napping, um, and uh, there's only one um, only one thing that I would cautious about is over napping so uh just quickly going through like there are like two different systems that regulate over sleep one is the homeostatic sleep drive also known as the sleep dead so every time you nap you're going to take some of your sleep dead away so uh but you do need enough of sleep dead to go into bed or go to bed or fall asleep at night uh so if your napping is too long um and then it's uh, hurting your uh, ability to fall asleep uh, at night. Then I would say starting to like um, reduce the amount of napping uh, they do because your your best time for resting is still at night um, for 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 our athletes um, and for our teenagers. Um, so so yeah. And, the, and another system I want to mention is the. Uh, uh, circadian rhythm uh mm-hmm. which is heavily being influenced by light um so so those are the two systems we do need to consider over sleep dead uh, while taking nap but uh i i would think uh, most of our teenagers are so lack of sleep but they could definitely benefit from napping um yeah so a question so when i worked in major league baseball
1: i worked for the texas rangers and they mm-hmm. have terrible sleep patterns, because especially in Texas, games are really late at night. They're up mm-hmm. late after that. Obviously, a lot of times they travel and they're getting on planes after games and sleep is just a hot mess and in a lot of sports, but in baseball. And yes. I remember us bringing in a sleep specialist and they talked about that players should try to get what they called like a power nap, which oh, yeah. was less than 30 minutes. Or they needed to sleep like an hour and a half or more, but that 30 minute to hour, like sleeping in between might make them more fatigued. Is that true? Like is a shorter nap or a longer nap better than an in-between length nap?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. So power nap is the best. You get the most bank out of, uh, most buck out of your bank, mm-hmm. basically. Um, so you'll still get some of the refreshment, the recovering if you take a little bit longer nap, like more than an hour. Uh, but you don't get, uh, compared to like your 30 minutes power nap, you don't really get much more benefit. Um, yeah. So, so, uh, power nap is like the sweet spot basically, uh, for athletes, for, yeah, for, en- for anybody. <laughs> All right. Power nap
1: is the sweet spot. I like that. Yeah. I registered. We had, we created a sleep room at the, and pl- oh, players yeah. would literally take a nap before they played, but they'd warm up, eat, and take a 20 minute power nap before they went out on the field. It was bonkers. But if they did it regularly, it was, Like we had a blackout room and yeah, it worked really well. Just trying to, like you said, correct some of that sleep debt. Okay. So sleep debt is obviously a problem for athletes, but another problem, especially with our youth athletes is energy drink consumption. So we know that the American Academy of Pediatrics says that teenagers should consume no more than hundred milligrams of caffeine a day. Many of them are consuming more than that in one energy drink and drinking multiples of them over the course of the day. I have done so much media work lately and interviews myself on this topic. So talk to me a little bit about what your thoughts are on energy drink consumption among teen athletes and how this could be affecting their sleep or sleep patterns.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you said, I'm i think that over teen athletes are over consuming energy drinks and also giving how much caffeine uh, in energy drinks uh, nowadays is just getting a uh, crazy amount like uh, higher and higher uh, so uh like you said um, 100 milligrams per day uh, which is just about a cup of coffee but if you're looking at Um, the caffeine amount in over energy drinks, minimum 200 milligrams for most of the brand um, and uh, up to Mm -hmm. 300, 350 uh, milligrams, which uh, it's too much for over teens, Um, especially if they're drinking multiples a day. uh, Which many of them are. Oh, many many of of them are. are. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's not that that's not good. So just to give a quick perspective. I worked with a neuron scientist who developed the military caffeine dosage, and this is for adults. Uh, and the dosage will be two hundred milligrams every four to six hours. So anything more than that within that time frame is going to become neuron toxins. So your body is not going to be able to um, digest it or get rid of get rid of it right away it's going to be circulating in the body and not being used uh, and they become neurotoxins. there's uh, actually detrimental effect to that um and that's for adults and it is applying i mean like the detrimental effects are going to apply to over teen athletes as well so over consuming of caffeine you know short duration it's gonna it's bad it's uh, not good for um over athletes um, and also we're not considering the nutrient genomics in terms of uh, certain population is more sensitive compared mm-hmm. to others. And those caffeine metabolism can be slower to some of our teen athletes. And then if they even consume like um, a caffeine or energy drink in the afternoon, it stays in their system. Um, uh, by the time they go to sleep, they, they, they are wondering why they can't go to sleep um, is because that caffeine is still staying in their system. So, you know,
1: and I always ask, I think teenagers should have more energy than anybody. So I always tease athletes, especially teen boys. When I talk to them, I'm like, if you're exhausted all day, what are you doing wrong? Because you should have a lot of energy. So to me, that boils down to you. If you really feel like you need multiple energy drinks over the course of the day, you're either a not sleeping enough. B, not eating right. So your blood sugar is all over the place or C, both of them. You're not eating right and you're not sleeping enough. And so you're having to rely on something else. So how do you think teen athletes can overcome these challenges to prevent fatigue? I think I know what your answer is going to be. And, you know, how do parents best support them? So parents have to look at the overall health of their child, their athlete. So what can parents do to better this Situation of kids needing more rest?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, first, uh, the parents are all uh, are their kids as role models. So, uh, themselves learning more about good sleep hygiene practices and uh, being able to lead their kids to do the same. I think that's very crucial. So, like, it could be a fun family activity, it's so just like trying out some of those sleep hygiene practices together mm-hmm. and see how that changes their lives probably there's going to be less of uh, arguments going on at home because you have a better emotional regulation <laughs> after you get more sleep uh, there's less stress around the house probably that's what i'm yeah. imagining and I, I believe it will happen if you get enough sleep well, because uh, I have
1: to imagine when you're tired, I mean, you're obviously typically more irritable. You're probably mm-hmm. a little more stressed out and or stressors probably affect you more than maybe what they would if you were rested and feeling great.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a vicious cycle almost. Yeah. Sleep and stress. Um, and I think uh, prioritizing sleep um In any training programs is huge, Uh, because like you said, teenagers are very uh, busy um, and uh, we always feel like, oh, at the time we're awake, we need to uh, do as much as we can and more and more. But more isn't always better. And also, um, if if the sleep is not good, I mean, the productivity, it's not there. And uh, even though you're doing more, you probably are not accomplish more. So I think that's very important to understand that, yeah, just need to prioritize sleep. Uh, I think parents learning about prioritizing sleep and uh, leading their kids to do the same uh, will be a good start. Um, And some other strategies, like I said earlier uh, about the consistent sleep schedule, um, that uh, it's um, uh, over teenagers probably tend to uh, sleep very differently on the weekend, mm-hmm. but it's good to work on that weekday and weekend consistent working schedule um, to promote better sleep.
1: Yeah, I love that. So, uh, definitely, obviously, everyone has to take personal responsibility, but a parent. Can obviously really help lead their child to better habits, as you're saying, better sleep hygiene habits. Now, many of our teen athletes specifically spend probably more time with their coaches and athletic trainers than they do with their parents, especially during a busy sports season. Mm -hmm. So, what are the roles of coaches and athletic trainers in supporting teen athletes for optimizing their sleep in order to help them better for their performance? What should they be recommending? What should they be telling? their athletes to better help them recover and perform at the optimal level?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to start with mentioning uh, that we published a paper um, called uh, How Are You Sleeping? Why Nutrition Professionals Should Ask Their Patients About Sleep Habits. I think this also applies to uh, coaches and athletic trainers. Uh, so, first of all, they should be asking about their athletes, uh, how, how, how are they sleeping? Um, and uh, so, uh, especially uh, when there's a performance decline or any uh, behavior changes, and uh, we should uh, be alert uh, that um, just really asking, oh, how have you been sleeping? Just like asking them, how have you been eating lately? It's the same importance. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, at a program level, um, I think coaches and athletic trainers should implement sleep assessment, um, just like when they're assessing uh, performance of the athletes. Like, are they doing certain benchmark? Are there any improvement uh, on their benchmark? And the sleep assessments uh, periodically will come in to see, oh, uh, they have a great improvement for example PR their deadlift
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and uh, also along the way they are improving their sleep so here's the association between their sleep improvement and the performance improvement where it could be another way around uh, that they're plateauing their performance and we assess their sleep and we see there is uh, there's something going on with their sleep then we can identify and address that problem. So I I really do feel like assessing sleep should be uh, part of the program for athletic training, uh, performance program. Yeah, I love that. So assessing sleep. And then of course, we all know that athletes like to
1: compete. They love a good challenge. They love a good game. So I would assume that coaches or athletic trainers, whoever's in this space with the athletes, maybe even doing like sleep challenges, just like with nutrition, I encourage high school coaches, like, flip the story instead of making it being something negative, like set up accountability partners. Like, did you have a pre-workout snack today? What's your post-workout snack? Did you eat breakfast? So that nutrition has a positive light and we're encouraging it from an accountability standpoint. So I assume that you could do the same with sleep and do like sleep challenges and maybe set up sleep accountability partners where sleeping becomes the cool thing to do. And it's like, oh, are you helping our team by recovering because you're sleeping enough or something? like that. I'm sure you have good strategies that you could recommend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Sleeping and nutrition, they are very similar. It's about behavior changes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those program and challenges are great. Uh, for helping athletes improve their sleep, and the, especially if they're wanting to, if they're in a the game, like you said, so yeah, just uh, motivate them to to do that. It would be a great idea. Yeah. Uh, and one other point uh, I wanted to just uh, put out there really quick that uh, coaches and athletic trainers uh, can work with sleep experts and uh, provide more opportunities for education yeah. uh, for uh, athletes, their parents. Um, so just, uh, learning how important sleep is and what are some good, uh, sleep hygiene practices and how do we achieve that can really go a long way.
1: Yeah. I love that. Any specific tools or resources that you would want to provide, and we can always put them in the show notes as well for parents, coaches, or athletic trainers. Like if a parent thinks, I really need to learn more about sleep or I want to learn some tools or some tips. Is there somewhere that they can go?
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, in terms of the tools um, to help, uh, I'm just going to start with like tools to help with uh, um, assessing sleep. And uh, just like the first step will be um, just knowing how you're sleeping. I think it's very important. So uh, sleep diary, um, it's a, uh, really good start uh, to keep track of the wake time the back time of the teen athletes and um, any sleep disruptions so those are just kind of like over nutrition theories and you could Mm -hmm. do it like two days during the week and one day on the weekend to assess how they're sleeping and it's open source Um, uh, i can certainly put a link out uh, in the note for parents to look for those informations perfect um and uh also at uh, school level or the program level uh there are certain SIP questionnaires they're also open source uh, like adolescent sleep hygiene scale to assess like how they're doing, uh, what are their sleep behaviors like, and uh, especially uh, those can be like like you said like for the sleep challenge, maybe pre challenge and post challenge to see any improvement, and those are all great tools to use. Um, the adolescent sleep hygiene scale and uh, the Pittsburgh sleep quality index for adolescents. Um, and another uh, good thing, a good scale to use is the or sleepiness scale, and uh, we know that a lot of our, our teenage athletes are having problems with the daytime slip, sleepiness, right? Mm-hmm. And also um, fatigue during the day, and this scale will come into the place to help assess that. Um, yeah, and the last thing I just want to touch on is regarding the wearables. And I know it's probably very popular uh, among teenagers, like Apple Watches and uh, any uh, any devices like that. Um, those are also can serving as a good tool to monitor sleep, um, but do uh, be cautious about only the sleep duration. Uh, it's very accurate in terms of sleep stage analysis and sleep efficacy. And those devices still have a little bit of ways to go when compared to uh, clinical devices like polysomography or things like that. Um, So so those are some of the uh, assessment tools. Um, And in terms of uh, the sleep um, education um, or the sleep hygiene tips, uh, American uh, Sleep Foundation, uh, it's a great place to go and they always put out good articles and with simple practices and hygiene tips um and um also um once again i'm hoping to create a program yeah. sleep program for uh, over teenage yeah. athletes uh and those uh, hopefully it will be a good place <laughs> that uh, i can put that program out there uh will be some more information gathered um and uh Also providing some practical tools for parents and their kids to use. Uh, And also, of course, uh, coach and athletic trainers as well.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. I mean, what I hear you saying is just like athletes assess their bodies physically, like before they go to practices, before they go into a season, just Mm -hmm. like we do nutrition assessments. What are you eating like now? what's going on with what you're eating, how you're feeling, need to do a sleep assessments with the goal of being creating a plan and then changing things, right? Like typically yeah, with, you know, in sports, we create a training plan to get better. We create mm-hmm. an eating plan to fuel your body better and hydrate it better. So it sounds like with the sleep, we're doing the exact same thing. We assess, we create a plan ultimately to help your body recover and rest more so that it feels better. And if you're an athlete, especially a teen athlete, You need an edge and a competitive edge we know is nutrition. And from what I hear you saying, Dr. Chen, a competitive edge is also sleep.
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent agree on that.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on to talk about fueling performance with sleep. We will drop the recommendations and the tips and the different websites that you listed off into the show notes, but I would encourage all parents, coaches, athletic trainers, and athletes out there, get your rest. It will pay off when it comes to performance. Thank you for listening to the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes. If you have questions or would like me to cover a specific topic, leave us a review. And for more information and resources, check out the sportsnutritionplaybook.com and be sure to tune in every other week for new episodes.